Hello and welcome to Entmoot, a Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. This is a tournament podcast, it's me going on a journey uh, to a tournament each week, talking to my competitors and of course talking to the organisers and crucially the winner of the tournament. In the past I've been to the desolation of Stockport and I've been into the Wilderland in episodes 1 and 2. This episode will see me going to the Shadow in the East Midlands tournament uh, in Sutton and Ashfield in the UK. It should be around about 25 or so people uh, heading to the tournament this time. As you can tell from my voice, uh, if you were listening last time, you might have heard my voice slowly deteriorating in quality uh, as the tournament went along. Uh, I've got a chest infection, or I had a chest infection. It's still uh, still proving troublesome even uh, two and a half weeks or so after uh, the desolation of Stockport, but Hopefully I'll manage to fight my way through this podcast and not do myself any more damage. This podcast is all about the Shadow in the East Midlands, which is an unusual tournament. Or I suppose it's not that unusual, but it's not the most conventional of ways of running the tournament. Essentially, this is an escalation event, which I must say, these are one of my favourite types of events. Uh, it's essentially an 800-point tournament on the second day, but only 400 points on the first day and the catch is you've got to fit your 400 point army into the 800 point army on the second day or I suppose add 400 points to your army uh, from day one to make the army from day two so all very interesting all very exciting and makes for lots of intriguing developments in terms of the lists uh, which of course I'll uh, get straight into why not we've got the riddles in the dark coming up in a few minutes time and as I said I'll be talking to the tournament organizer and the winner of this tournament and a few of my competitors uh, my opponents later on in the podcast. Um, Daniel Entwistle is one of the organisers of the tournament alongside Samuel Jeffrey. Uh, Sam Jeffrey, he is a part of the Middle Earth team, uh, so I won't be interviewing him uh, as part of the podcast just because I understand that they're not technically allowed to do this sort of thing, but I might be able to check that in the future because I'd love to be able to talk to a few of the people on the team on this podcast, maybe for a later podcast. But Daniel Entwistle is uh, a major part of the uh, UK tournament scene. The Great British Hobbit League is pretty much down to him. Uh, It exists purely because of Daniel uh, Entwistle. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to delve into the history of the Great British Hobbit League later on in the podcast. But in the meantime... I know you really are desperate to find out what I'm going to be taking to the Shadow in the East Midlands. Uh, I've got 800 points to spend, 400 points for day one. Based on what I've been playing with in the last few weeks, can you guess what I'm going to be taking? No, it's not Durin and his Hearthguard. I'm going to go evil again. So day one, it's Sauron. Full stop. End of story. That's all I'm taking on day one. And I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's There's not a lot of things that you can put down on the table um, on day one of a tournament that is one person, one thing. I mean, it's not a one person. He's a monster, and he's absolutely amazing. He performed so well in the tournament uh, Into the World Land in podcast number one of Entmoot. So I just I just really wanted to use him again, and I also wanted to use some of the other things that I've been desperate to use. Uh, but this meant that I could throw Sauron on the table and go, you know what, see what you can do against Sauron. It's not easy. Of course, day one, I'm going to be worried about um, scenarios like recon and things like that. But I'm not going to be that worried because I'm just going to have a lot of fun with Sauron. I'm hoping that, you know, if I'm really lucky, I might get Lords of Battle and Contest of Champions, something like that, or to the death. Who knows? 
if I don't get those, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to try and enjoy it anyway. So Sauron is force part one. So I ummed and ahed about uh, day two because I thought I loved taking the Witch King and the Ringwraith um, but, uh, for the Into the Woodland tournament. But I must say I, I, I didn't think they performed well. Maybe I didn't use them very well. I don't know. So I've decided to go with someone who I'd painted up actually, um, mostly painted up anyway, just for uh, that tournament into the Wordland a few weeks ago. Um, and I've never used, I've, I've still not got to use use this model and it's gorgeous. I've managed to finish it off, polish it off, ready for uh, this tournament. It is of course Shelob uh, and I just can't wait to put Shelob down on the table. Um, I, I've heard um, uh, you know ups and downs about how Shelob will perform in games, but that monstrous charge, you know, knocking cavalry over, giving the extra attacks and all that. I'm 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 excited about it. You know, um, Shelob's pretty cool, pretty tough. Got loads of special rules and fast moving, so could be quite useful if um, if, if it's like seize the prize or something. One of the games on day number two. Um, really excited about that, and also Shelob Sauron, great great mix. Okay, but it's not going to be an all hero list, unlike my uh, other list. I'm going to throw in. A catapult, a Mordor catapult, because I can't wait to use one of these catapults. Um, at the Throne of Skulls last year, I took three trebuchets, and I absolutely loved playing with the new Siege Weapons rules. It's amazing. And the fact that you get a catapult, you get a troll, and you get some orcs anyway, I just I just think this is, it's just too good. It's just too good. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the catapult performs uh, in actual fact, because uh, you get the rerolls with a troll, and then you've just got a troll. You can kind of, you know, move your troll around if you want, and just have a load of orcs wheeling the the catapult around behind him. So you've still got a troll if you want to get stuck in combat. But mostly, you've got Sauron with an 18-inch range chill soul, and you've got catapults firing rocks at people. And you know, I think that's enough to say, come up, come at me, come at me. You've got to do, you've got to do some of the work. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's 160 points for the catapult, 90 points for Shelob. That's 250 points of my 400 points spent already, which leaves 150. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to be a bit sensible here-ish. I'm going to go with a load of orcs. And I am denied about this because I've already spent so much points on uh, two big things. Um, I was worried about my break point, but then Sauron's got that rule, the special rule that if, you know, if he's not wounded too many times, then it, you don't count as breaking. So I'm thinking, you know what? Let's just let's just go with it. So I've got 17 orcs. I've got eight spears, six shields, two with two-handed weapons, and one with a banner and a shield. Uh, so that's um, that's quite a lot of orcs. And you've got the three from the catapult already. So you've got 20 bodies already. So you're needing to take down 10. And uh, then, of course, you've got about 23 points left over. And I decided to go with two black Numenorians and an orc tracker, just because that rounds off uh, rounds off the points there to the end. So as always, I'm having a think about what I might be coming up against and what I'm scared of and what missions I don't want to be playing. Obviously on the first day, really don't want to be playing uh, anything like Rohan in a reconnoiter match. I mean, I'm always going to probably lose against a Rohan in recon. Um, I'm, I'm not that bothered by uh, by losing that matches, but it'll be it won't be a very fun game to play that one because I just won't have a chance. Basically, that won't be very much fun. And um, anything that Sauron is really going to be scared of. I mean, I'm struggling to think. The only thing I might be a little scared of is some of the Elven Lords, like Gilgalad. If I'm facing a Gilgalad, that might be a little worry or an Aragorn, but 
you know, I mean, Sauron can pretty much smash any, anything in combat. He, he's not died on me very often, so, in fact, I don't think he's died once. So, I I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm fine with that. Uh, the second day, I've got lots of orcs, so, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm scared of breaking a bit. I've got a relatively low numbers. I've got um, 23, 24, 25, which is really low. I mean, it's pretty low. Um, but then, you know, even if you do kill 13 models of mine you have to have done a lot of damage to Sauron and if you've done if you've gone into combat with Sauron likelihood is you've lost a lot of people too so i'm not too worried about the uh, the whole breaking i think that that mordor special rule is absolutely amazing for uh, sorry the barador special rule so i'm i'm quite excited about that and shelob i really want to i just want to get stuck in there and the catapult is going to cause a bit of chaos and hopefully and um, hopefully bring bring them to me um i've also got the one orc tracker for the bow i mean pfft, it's not going to do a great deal, but it's, you never know. You never know. I might might do some damage. And the two Black Numenorians, I, I don't know why I really wanted them. I just fancied having a couple of Black Numenorians just to sort of try out what they're like and maybe just in strategic places have, have some terror-causing uh, guys to just throw them forward a bit more potentially... And and just make it a little bit that little bit harder for uh, for people to engage with them stuff like that I don't know I, I haven't really thought it out particularly it's mostly going on theme I thought well Sauron's going to have a load of orcs with him he'd probably have a couple of uh, black Numenorians as kind of his lieutenants or whatever um, and Shelob I, I I guess guess Shelob might might be there I mean it's themed to an extent so um, that's that's pretty much my list I'm really excited for the tournament uh, I cannot wait in fact I so can't wait it's uh, the evening of the the night before the tournament and i still haven't finished painting orcs or basing orcs in particular uh, so i do have until sunday to do that but i think i really should get on with it so uh, i'll get, get on with doing that in a second but first riddles in the dark Yes, it's time for uh, my weekly riddle game. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who got in touch this week. Uh, I did wonder whether the first podcast's uh, Riddles in the Dark was a bit too difficult. Um, maybe not, maybe not, uh, maybe it was. Uh, a few a few people got in touch the first week, so thank you very much to all of those. Um, and all of you who get in, got in touch this week, thank you very much. Uh, lots more people getting in touch. Maybe you were ch- uh, inspired by my uh, rallying call and my rallying cry. Uh, but plenty of you got in touch, so thank you very much. Uh, indeed, uh, Albert Fravel, Josh Devoy, Brian, uh, I don't know what your second name is, Brian, but Brian got in touch. Thank you very much. Uh, who else got in touch? Scott Johnson. Thank you very much, Scott. I spoke to you in the first episode uh, of uh, Entmoot. And Dan Broxholm and Jack D and Nathaniel Van Til. All of you got it getting in touch. And of course, all of you getting it right as well. Uh, well done. A uh, bit of a shout out to Brian. He's got, uh, he, he wants me to uh, shout out to his blog buybrushandsword.blogspot.com he's doing some cool um, Middle Earth stuff on there and also to Josh Devoy who's part of the Hobbits in Cheshire uh, they do Twitch streams and videos and uh, just they're just really really in-depth really interesting chats um, about uh, uh, tournaments just like myself uh, except um, they all sit around in a, in a room afterwards and sort of have a, have a long depth in-depth discussions all about it so I'd recommend um, checking out that but the Riddles in the Dark Last week sounded a little bit like this.
And of course, you all got it. You got exactly who it was and where they were, or most of you did anyway. Um, it was Bilbo, and he was saying, Gandalf, my friend, this will be a night to remember. I think it's pretty much that anyway. I'm remembering it off the top of my head. This is how it went. Gandalf, my old friend, this will be a night to remember. So well done to all of you who got that. Uh, Josh Devoy, correct. You got Gandalf. This will be a night to remember. Uh, Scott, you said, well, Gandalf, my friend, I think it's going to be a night to remember. Excellent. Well done to you. Uh, thanks for emailing in this time. I know last time you were in the car when you were listening. Uh, Dan, you said, Gandalf, my friend, this will be a night to remember. Correct. Uh, who else was there? Um, now, ooh, this Jack D, you said, the second one is The Hobbit. Bilbo smoking his pipe as Gandalf rolls up. I'm gonna say, you know, I think, I think, I think you mean the start of the Hobbit film, the very first Hobbit film where Bilbo's smoking his pipe, and he says good morning. That's not quite right. So I'm, so I'm gonna have to not give you that one. I'm afraid. Uh, and finally, uh, Nathaniel Van Til, you say uh, Bilbo Gandalf, my old friend. This will be a night to remember. And of course, you were exactly correct. There you go. So on to this week's riddle in the dark. Uh, just to remind you, it's a clip from either the Hobbit films or the Lord of the Rings films. You have to tell me who speaks next and what they say. Here's this week's clip. Have another crack at it. Have another listen. I know it's always a bit tough the first time. Have a listen here one more time. Here we go. So who do you think it is speaking next in the uh, the films? Get in touch with me now. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. You can message me on the uh, Facebook page as well, on uh, the Entmoot Facebook page as well. I'll do try and check that. But if you get to the email, that'll be the easiest place for me uh, to get in touch. So yes, have a listen there uh, to, to uh, the clip one more time. I'll remind you at the end of the podcast and we'll be able to do it. But now, um, I absolutely need to go downstairs and I need to finish off some painting so I'm going to get uh, my my paints ready and I'm going to finish off the last of these orcs so that I'm ready for the tournament tomorrow So it's the morning of the tournament, just getting ready to head out the door, uh, and I've decided I'm going to shift things around a bit this week, and I'm going to be talking to Dan Entwistle, tournament organiser, at uh, the halfway point, basically. I'm going to hopefully catch uh, most of my first four games, uh, maybe three, depending on how busy it is, Uh, but I'm going to catch my first four games, uh, and then talk to Dan on Sunday morning. Then I'm going to talk to Dan tomorrow morning, so we get a, a bit of a break after a few games. So... Out the door and on to game number one. So Paul Jackson uh, just finished our game number one uh, to the death against Sauron, 400 points. Just tell me uh, what you brought for your list first of all. I, uh, I bought Suladan. I thought eight, uh, eight raiders, uh, four with war spear and four with bows. Harrodrim, sorry. Uh, two watches of Karna, 
three Akbar and Guard, uh, four Warriors, uh, one with a banner and three with spear. Uh, I bought in the second warband a chieftain without a bow and uh, six Warriors with bows. And first of all, when you saw um, Sauron over the table, I mean, obviously, he's an imposing figure, 400 points in one model. What did you think? Did you fancy your chances? Uh, at first, I did, but then I looked up, he was strength, uh, defence 10, and I realised that my uh, that negated my bows, which uh, I was, I was kind of counting on. So... Uh, I was less optimistic after that, but yeah. Yeah, I suppose six six bows in your army, and you've got the rerolls with the poisoned, and I can see you, what you're looking at, but just strength two bows. Unfortunately, they're they're not going to penetrate uh, big old Sauron, I guess. So so di- when you when you when you realised that, what was your plan? Did, uh, did you have a have a sort of tactic in mind? I was going to try and swamp you and get lucky, and uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's safe to say. I mean, you did have two banners, so you actually had a, a, an upper hand. So you could even have just held back right at the back line and just gone, you know what, I'll, I'll hang around here but and wait and try and avoid you and yeah. try and s- sort of live it out and s- survive it out. But that's not much fun, is it? Well, that, that was the plan at first, if it went my way. But it was looking like, uh, well, when you got the wound on Suladan, I, I lost the banner with Suladan. I thought I may as well... Uh, try and cash in as many points as I could but again that didn't go right for me either so yeah I, I did a couple of uh, uh, drain courages on Soledad so he was down to courage three he wasn't able to make any charges really so it was kind of you were relying on the, the warriors themselves yeah. to do the work which I was, I was relying on you not getting a six which happened a lot yeah I mean with four dice I guess the chances of me getting a six are relatively high but even so I did get quite a lot I think there was one combat where you didn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it happens, and, it? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, and you did manage in the final turn. Um, uh, you managed to get that wound on on Sauron, so it made it a twelve-one uh, victory to me. Um, but he's he's just so difficult to to fight against, isn't he? he, he yeah, <laughs> I'd, pr- I'd prefer to shoot him if if I could. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's fair enough. Strength strength eight, defense ten, and all that magic as well. Just just being a little niggly yeah, niggly the, thorn uh, in the side. Uh, what spell was it where you could cause instant wounds? Sorry, uh, that's uh, that's chill soul. Chill soul. Yeah, that was also quite worrying. Where you could just pop them off before you charged. Yeah, just an, an instant. You know, if I get the priority, an insta wound on someone like Soladan is is pretty cruel, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was it was making me spend me my points to try and you know get you into combat, and. Uh, that's what happened. Well, Paul, thanks very much for the game. Yeah. Best of luck for the rest of them. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. And you too. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Okay, so David Whitaker, second game uh, was recon. I'll be honest, it was the one scenario I didn't want to have with Sauron. What, tell me about your list and what you thought when you saw Sauron on the uh, other side of the board. Uh, my army list is the King of the Dead and 19 Warriors of the Dead, so a nice 20 models in total, and they're all kind of fairly resilient, so I've got to be honest... I thought I had it in the bag from the announcement of, uh, of the scenario there. Yeah, there was a little bit of a cheer when you when you heard <laughs> Recon, which I must say, uh, I, I thought, well, you know, fair enough. It's it's one of those scenarios that it comes up. It's just uh, I, I didn't really know how I could win this. I don't think there was a way of winning it. Do, do you think I could have won? I'd like to say yes, but I don't think there was. I, I just can't no. think of any possible strategy I could have used to win, unless you played it particularly badly and maybe sent all your guys at one side I think uh, I, I think you had it basically yeah I mean I'll be honest there was the temptation before we started moving to just attempt to kill Sauron just for a laugh 
but I figured I'd probably just try and go for the win instead. Yeah, I mean, we're on table one. Uh, we both probably won 12 nil or 12-1 first game. So I, I can see, you, you know, you're going for a win now for the tournament. So completely understand it. Um, what, so, uh, the Army of the Dead, um, I'm guessing tomorrow you're going to be bringing another 400 points of the Three Hunters? Yeah, that's exactly it. They're, they're just the Dead of Dunharrow today. So it's the King of the Dead and then two Warbands of Ghosts. And then tomorrow, uh, just add in Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli. They've all got elf cloaks, and there's also one extra warrior the dead spell at the points too. How do you rate them as a, an army in the new edition? Because a lot of people have been taking um, the Three Hunters and the and the Dead of Dunharrow and, and seem to be really liking them. I don't like them personally. I just I, I don't know. There's n- nothing that excites me about them. But what do you think of them? Um, they are quite fun to use. They um, they seem quite good at these low points levels. Uh, my army list tomorrow I've practiced with a couple of times, and the the sensible thing to do would be to drop Legolas or Gimli for a lot more models. Um, but I've cut so, But I'd prefer to go for the theme. So I kind of build the army around the theme, and I that that's what I enjoy, and that's why I've got it is more for re, you know recreating the army from the film rather than actually it being competitive but I think today it's just happened to be quite a good list at 400 points yeah I think I think 400 points is very there's not a lot of things that can come up against uh, Army of the Dead um, the Defence 8 the Wounding Against Courage there's so many things and the, the Terror of course and the Harbinger of Evil there's so many things going for it at 400 points I, I, I really rate that list as a as a competitive army at 400 points but um, you, you say theme over, uh, over over filth I suppose is that is that your um usual method or do you, do you often go competitive you seem to be doing quite well here that's all um i usually do go for, th- for, for theme over filth fortunately this edition heavily favors theme so i'm still managing to you know win a fair few games even with uh you know your ridiculously fluffy armies uh, like i took thorin's company to the gt and they actually managed to win some games uh, which i really wasn't expecting um but they managed it because they have like a, a handy bonus and it benefits them so you're staying on top table for the last game uh, for the next game what sort of army do you want to play and what sort of scenario were you really not looking forward to um, since I've got a whole load of ghosts I'm just kind of hoping for something nice and low courage so I can uh, wipe it off the board really that's the hope um, I don't think I'll get quite as perfect a matchup as this one um, but you, you never know hopefully I'll hopefully come up against like a, a large model count army and it'll be uh, Lords of Battle or something and I can just get a lot of kills in okay Good. Well, uh, Dave, thanks for the game. Uh, it was a 7-2 to, to you in the end. You got all your guys off the table. I managed to kill the uh, King of the Dead, but thanks very much for the game. It was brilliant. Yeah, no, great game. Really enjoyed it. Um, it was over rather quickly, but uh, yeah, time to go for a coffee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cheers, Dave. So game three, Fog of War against Aaron Pullen. Uh, Aaron, first of all, um, just give us an idea of what your army list is. And I must say, they're beautifully painted, but tell us what you've got in your army. Oh, thank you. Um, I feed my army basically on just spiders. Spiders everywhere. I've got the Spider Queen leading Mirkwoods and giant spiders. Um, very themed list. Um, very pleased with it. Nice looking army. It, it is a lovely looking army. I mean, the Spider Queen's dangling from some trees. They're all crawling over rocks, and you've got mushrooms everywhere. And, the, and um, as you mentioned, the two, the, the two nastier, the paralyzing spiders have got like animals on their bases. It's, you've put a lot of effort into it. It looks gorgeous. Well, thank you. Yes, it did take a lot of effort. Um, weeks on end, I just went crazy with the bases. I wanted something looking. A bit different, <laughs> a bit different. Well, it certainly does, and, and they're just they're glistening with kind of a new oozy, venomy kind of look. Uh, and you've got the Batswan as well, which, of course, um, <laughs> is horrible. And I found um, Sauron 
I, I was I was very scared of this army because there's a lot of strength five in this army. And when you first saw Sauron, what did you think? My first impression was great. I'm not going to be able to beat this. I can't compete. But after a few rounds, paralyzing him, turn one, turn two, um, was a big thing for me. But obviously, got rid of that paralyzed quite early. Um, but once you get to surround Sauron and the spiders get in there with their re-rolling to wound, we got through his wounds quite quickly. Yeah, you did. Luckily, Sauron has a ring and a 2 plus armor set because of the ring. But let's uh, establish some context because we're playing Fog of War. Um, both of us only have one hero. So uh, you've got the Spider Queen, I've got Sauron. So we're both trying to kill each other's uh, leader. So you're fighting an uphill battle there because Sauron is the 400 points worth of model. He's tough to take down. Um, Spider Queen, on the other hand, quite flimsy in a way you could put that yeah very flimsy um she can dish out the pain but she can't take it let's put it that way absolutely only defense four uh, so i did eventually manage to get the spider queen but as you mentioned those mirkwood spiders aren't they the ones with the paralyzed the throwing weapon paralyzed thing i tried chill souling a couple of them early on failed a couple of times the magic didn't work so well uh, in my favor this game but um it was brutal i had to spend two points of might just to get myself out of the paralyze um which was scary but luckily as you say um you surrounded me a few times, but that ring save was proved invaluable. I think I rolled about 13 saves and I didn't get a one once, which was very lucky. Oh, yes, definitely. The amount of saves, that ring, oh, it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. <laughs> the amount of dice rolled with that ring and um, passed every single one of them. I mean, this game could have gone either way. Um, enjoyed it. It was very good. Mm. Um, yeah, a big learning curve. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you were... You were doing a lot of damage I mean I'll, I'll be honest I was very unlucky with my roles for the combat but then it, it balanced out because I was lucky with my roles for the ring but um, we, so we both tried to uh, capture objectives uh, I, I, you were trying to capture some woodland in the right of my ter ter territory and I was going for some terrain in the middle I managed to capture the terrain in the end for a 7-4 victory um, just because the game ended where it did I mean there are only a few spiders left so I have a feeling it would have probably gone my way if we'd carried on going a few turns in, as well but um, how, did you, how did you find the scenario in this one were you umming and ahhing about which terrain I was going for or anything like that my initial thought would be the centre um, I thought you would aim for the centre hope for me to come for you and we'll just battle it out there uh, so I did expect you to have that um, but I wanted to rush you as quick as possible uh, get you in your own deployment zone hopefully you won't be able to move much after I've surrounded you um, it worked for so long that eventually you whittled the spiders down and uh, you managed to break through and grab the territory in the middle and using instill fear I managed to get instill fear off once which sent the spiders running away which gave me that, that leg room to push forward to the centre objective and capture well actually it didn't actually I didn't get any points for it in the end anyway but I was, I was there in the objective and I managed to kill the spider queen and, uh, and broke you so I, I managed to managed to secure a victory there but either way it was a cracking game Aaron and a, a, a beautiful army that you've put together here I, I, all the best for the rest of the tournament oh thank you for that enjoy cheers cheers, cheers mate. thank you so Sam Hoodie fourth game game four uh, last game with 400 points first of all um, give us an idea uh, of what you've brought to the uh, tournament today and what you thought when you saw Sauron over the table from you give us an idea of your list first though I brought a Zog's Legion so I've got like um, a Zog on his white wall with heavy armour a small handful of berserkers, I think of five and a hat, two-handed in there. Mm -hmm. um, a small spatter of orcs just to make it a warband of, I believe, 17 in total. No, so 17 in total with a zog, so it must be 16. And yeah. Um, yeah, looked across the board and saw Sarah and thought, ah. But no. then, of course, the scenario came out and it's capture and control. And the one thing 
that Sauron can't do is be in five places or six places at once. So actually, he can definitely look. He can he can have a go, but really there was no real way I was going to be able to capture the the objectives in this scenario. So actually, you had a great great start, really. Yeah, great start. Like got like you deployed off to one side, and I just thought, well, obvious thing to do is just take the other four and just try pinny down. Which went well throughout the game, but I'm sure we're going to get onto that in a minute, how that ended. Yeah, so uh, we, we remembered, um, as we came to the broken situation, um, that if you completely table your opponent, you count as winning, even though you might technically be losing on the uh, victory points. So um, I actually am down by 9-4, uh, I think we said in the end. Yeah. But because I tabled you, I technically win the game. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's a bit of an unusual situation to get ourselves into. Azog's in tears at the minute, not just because he's had his head smashed in, but like, as, as you said, like we had him completely surrounded and you were thinking, that's it, it's all over, and then suddenly just remembered that there has that rule. And then Sauron suddenly became very passive and decided to stay in the middle and watch all the orcs just scattered in all directions. Yeah. He did get a cheeky little chill soul on that last berserker just because he seemed to have a little bit of a knack for bravery. Yeah, I, I was really worried that um, the game would end and not enough of your guys will have run away and that we'll roll a one or two and that'll be the end and I'll have lost but, um, by a massive margin, 9-4. But um, because, of course, I managed to chill soul that guy in the end, uh, it meant that it worked out. But, of course, actually most of the, uh, the, the bad luck on your part came when Azog charged into Sauron. Of course, Azog's got the three-plus wounding thing. He's got a big old strength five. He's barely, you know, uh, you surrounded him with berserkers and spears and so on. What went, what went wrong? A heroic strike on a one. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't help. I mean, I struck up to compete against it, but I didn't even need to. Uh, yeah. There's always that chance he's going to like get the five early ten and surrounded like that. Like, he's not going to save all his wounds eventually, so you obviously have to strike. Yeah. But then when you see him roll a one, just big grin on his face, isn't it? Yeah, that that was why. I, th- I, I mean, I, I couldn't help but think, oh, breathe, I breathe a sigh of relief because then f- first turn four wounds on Azog. Uh, you'd lost both your fate points. You spent a bit, uh, most of your might. I think all of your might by then. Um, I had to blow all four my remaining might, I believe, to save the two fate rolls, which got one and three. Which was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly all of your might, wasn't it? That's it. And then, of course, from there, it was. I was worried, like I say, that I don't know how to win this game because I've killed your leader. I've got the one VP I can get. I'm probably going to break you at some point. You're almost certainly not going to break me. But you've wounded me once, and there are four objectives. There are eight victory points there nine in total with your uh, wound on me that I just couldn't catch up and then thankfully as you say we remembered this rule and then it was all over quite quickly after we remembered that rule because yeah, I stopped I stopped instilling fear and I stopped compelling stuff away and just let him bye bye yeah and then just go well goodbye That's see you everyone breaking you seeing the roll of three to end the game like no yeah. so close yeah if we'd have if we'd have ended the turn earlier it would have been a big victory for you as it turned out, it's a weird victory for me. Such is life, isn't it? Such is life. Well, thanks for the game, Sam. It's nice to see you over the tables again. Yeah, mate. Cheers. I'm sure I'll have a grudge match sometime soon. I'm sure we will. Sure we will. Thank you very much. So, at the end of day one, I can count my lucky stars. I've got three victories, one loss. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not too worried about the loss because recon was always a scenario I wasn't looking forward to. So, happy to let that one slide. And especially against uh, an opponent as as jolly and as as 
excellent at the game as David Whitaker. So absolutely fine. Tomorrow we've got three games with the extra 400 points with the Shelob and the Catapult and all my Orcs and a couple of Numenorians. So really looking forward to that. Uh, we've just had uh, the a lovely evening of, of frivolities going out for an Asian meal, which was fantastic. Then a little bit of dry brushing for the bases ahead of me of my Orcs. Then it's on to day number two. But I'll start with a chat with the tournament organiser. Okay, so Daniel Entwistle, uh, one of the organisers, Sam Jeffrey, uh, part of the Middle Earth team or vaguely working for Games Workshop, so I'm not allowed to talk to him. Uh, but uh, you're one of the organisers of Shadow in the East Midlands. Just for starters, just remind us exactly the kind of the setup of the tournament and the points limits and things like that. Yeah, so uh, Shadow in the East Midlands is designed as sort of a casual, uh, nice way for people to sort of get into coming to tournaments. Um, Sam and I, way back, were sort of one of the first guys to start running the independent tournaments uh, after Games Workshop sort of shelved Middle Earth for a while um, so it was nice for us to sort of go back to our roots and get back to running these sort of fun really inclusive nice atmosphere events that people really enjoyed back then. And it's an escalation tournament as well which is uh, yes. provides a sort of extra level of kind of tactical interest. Yeah so we started out at 400 points on Saturday um, which is a really small way to start and then um, today on Sunday we uh, kicked it all the way up to 800 so the armies doubled in size uh, the clock almost doubled in time so people had a lot more time to uh, figure out what they were doing move their army and play to the the scenarios that we were doing and you mentioned there that, that you sort of were early on uh, in, in, in in terms of starting up uh, league events and I think you were involved in making the or sort of forming the Great British Hobbit League yes. is that right? just yes. tell us a bit Sam, about the history uh, of it then yeah so uh, Sam and I were the first two to found the Facebook page um, so we knew that the um, the scene was going to potentially take a, a bit of a hit because the, the support from GW wasn't as good as it had been in previous years um, so we decided to set up this Facebook page as a way to keep all the players connected um, at the push of a button because there was the one ring forum but the problem was if you weren't a member um, or the last alliance was another one if you weren't members of those you didn't really know they existed whereas with the Facebook page it was a much easier to sort of find as it was something people were using every day so we added all the people that we know from there who also knew a lot more of the community and it's just built up from there and we've just shy of 7,000 members at the moment so I mean it's incredible the, the, the how these sort of grassroots communities can build and build and I mean now it's not just a, a league page for games to organise games it's, it's a sharing about the hobby from across the world yeah. there are thousands of yeah, people all over the world yeah it's kind of developed into sort of a, a one of the global hubs of uh, hobby news and interest really you know you've got people sharing from their first experiences of the hobby right up to sort of veteran who have been playing since the game was released so uh, you've got a really nice balance of people and as you say from all, all over the world you know you'll have a you'll start a thread and you'll have an Australian guy reply to you and then a Canadian player reply to you so it's, it's really nice to get those inputs from the different communities around around the world really I mean talking about the uh, kind of the, the history the, the reasons you know that you've mentioned Games Workshop sort of losing interest or, or not supporting it as much as it did for whatever reasons and um, the, the change from then to now, you know, where, where we've had a new box game, we've had new editions of the rules, a second edition of battle companies and things like that. How do you feel about the state of the game at the moment? Uh, I think the game is probably in the best state that it's been in since it was released. Um, we had the uh, the Middle Earth team was revived uh, with Adam Troke at the helm. Uh, Jay Clare was the chief rules writer, the two sculptors, uh, Rob and Gav. Uh, you know, those guys have produced some wonderful stuff. 
Uh, and the game now is in a wonderful place where all the the things that people disliked about the rules, have, a lot of those have gone. Uh, there have been new things brought in. We've got Battle Companies has just dropped. There's, there's lots. It's a really exciting time to be in the hobby. And to a lot, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, to a lot of people, tournaments uh, are kind of this nebulous kind of scary idea of them all being super competitive and things like that I mean um, it's a great thing that the that tournaments happen because you get people like you know 20 or so people here just playing games loads of games but to, to anyone out there who's listening who doesn't like tournaments or has never played in a tournament what, what would you say would you would you encourage it or? so I think the problem with a lot of gaming community tournaments is they have a bad reputation um, whereas the Middle Earth tournaments I can assure you are nothing like a lot of those stereotypical tournaments um, the Lord of the Rings community has a wonderful reputation within the games community of being really friendly really welcoming to people from all walks of life people all of all gaming experiences and if you are in the UK and you want to start coming to tournaments, just get yourself into one. You'll only be kicking yourself that you didn't join in earlier. Uh, the community is so welcoming, everybody's so friendly. Uh, if you need help with anything, people are willing to lend models, give advice, sit and chat. Uh, anything you need, the community is more than happy to rally around people. I must say, I totally agree. Uh, the, uh, two years ago, uh, this tournament was my first ever tournament, and I've, I've come to loads since then. Cause, and I was so scared, because you think, oh, I hear all these you know, people getting measuring tapes out with millimetres on, and you, and you think you get all, all that kind of people. And I suppose, yes, there are some ultra-competitive types, and there are walls queries and things like that. But ultimately, most people here are just here to have a good time. Yeah, that's the thing. For a lot of people, this is, their, this is how they blow off steam. You know, they, they put toy soldiers down on the table and they, they throw down. And, you know, you'll get these players that are hyper-competitive, but you get them away from the table and they're all lovely people. One of the guys who's he's one of the, he's probably the best player in the world, he's got a fearsome reputation on the table, but you get him in a corner for a pint and he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Mm. So that's, that's kind of just how it works, really. Um, even away from the table, the Lord of the Rings community has one of the best atmospheres of hobby communities that I've ever been in. Uh, and that's throughout miniature wargaming and and other hobbies. It's it's super welcoming. And uh, and just finally, uh, more tournaments planned for uh, for here. Are you going to do any more? It's, uh, this is a, a by the way, this is Sanctuary Gaming in Sutton Ashfield, and it's a old church. I couldn't really be a better setting it's, for a yeah, tournament. It's a, it's a great venue. Um, there won't be anything more from Sam and I this year. However, the next sort of the 2020 season uh, Sam and I will definitely be looking to run at least one event Um, more details for that will follow a few months before the event so uh, it'll probably be quiet on the front from Sam and I for a little while and uh, many people in the scene know you as being a, a man who likes his mummerkill. Yes. Uh, how many yeah. how many mummerkill have you got in your collection uh, at the moment? I own six at the moment, which is probably four more than any sane person needs. I was going to say, how often do you get all six out on the table? Uh, very rarely. It's often just sort of for big feature games or uh, big like scenario play things like that. So it's actually very rare that I'll field all of them, especially with the the Mummet War Leader release that happened recently. He's uh, taken precedent over a lot of the other ones. So um, one of them gathered quite a bit of dust. Uh, since its last use, unfortunately. Poor but. old Mummock, the dusty Mummock. Uh, so I think you played at the Throne of Schools with them, though, right? Yes, so uh, we played a uh, game to sort of celebrate the release of the Pelennor Fields box set. So uh, we had Nick Baton with his gorgeous, gorgeous Rohan army, uh, Damien O'Byrne with his um, Throne of Skulls uh, Return of the King Legion, and I bought uh, a lot of monks along, and we had a great game. It was 2,000 points aside, or just over 2,000 points aside. We were playing for probably only an hour. 
uh, just because of how quickly the game swung. And it was exactly like it was in the films. The Rohan got absolutely mullered by the Mummocks. The Army of the Dead swept in from the left flank and just crushed Mummock after Mummock until there was only the war leader left standing. So that's, That sounds amazing. I'd, I'd love to have been involved in that. Well, Dan, thanks very much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, Harry. Anytime. Now, on to game number one of day number two. And unfortunately, I couldn't talk to uh, my competitor, my opponent, because it was Rob Alderman. You may recognise the name. Rob Alderman is the Middle Earth manager for Games Workshop. I guess it just shows the quality of the Middle Earth team that uh, the the Middle Earth manager is out there in the tournaments playing games against other members of the community and learning about what they want and asking questions and and even potentially taking little ideas and little notes sometimes. I, I kind of get the impression. But anyway, he brought... A fantastic uh, Moran and Orc army, including Gothmog, uh, the Enforcer, Guritz, and uh, Goroth, I think it was, as well. Um, and loads of Moran and Orcs. Um, and I really struggled, I really struggled against this army. I did almost very nearly uh, score a draw uh, in this, in a Storm the Camp uh, scenario, which I probably should have just castled up in uh, with my trebuchet and just hope for the best. Um, but instead, I ended up getting getting stuck in which I shouldn't have done um, but uh, what happened was uh, the uh, Moran and Orcs failed quite a lot to uh, kill the Orcs which actually meant despite the really good chance of me getting a draw um, because they failed to kill my Orcs quickly enough and get the 25% it actually ended up being quite a decisive victory to the Moranans so I'll, I'll say that they qualify that that I could have got to squeeze the drawer out of it if uh, if Rob's dice were a bit luckier, but conversely unluckier, uh, if that makes any sense at all. Anyway, on now to game number six. Right, Jasmine Tetley, so game number six? Six, I think. Six, yeah. Game number six, and it's ill-met by Moonlight. Um, first of all, give us an idea of your list and what you thought uh, when you first saw my army on the other side of the field. So my list is mostly Moranans, um, but I've taken Gothmog from the Mordor Legion, so it gives me things like Kardash, um, and then I can ally in uh, Easterling Dragon Knight as well. Um, so yeah, I've got like 49 models, so quite a lot, and then it's just lots of little stuff in there to try and make the gains. And lots of little things that can snipe at heroes and banners, and like Kardash, and you've got the Ringwraith as well, and I, 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 I must admit, I think those are the, the killer, killer bits of your list, the, the little snipers. Is that, is that what the idea is? Absolutely. I think the most uh, success I get is through the basic ring wraith and the Kardash working well together. Neither a lot of points, but they do a lot of damage. So, mm. And what did you think? Like, so you knew you were facing Sauron and uh, added Shelob and a catapult and a load of orcs. What did you think? Did you fancy your chances against that? Um, in this scenario, the scenario meant, because it was the one where you had to kill heroes, mm-hmm. um, it meant that I basically had to take Sauron on. I couldn't just avoid him and ignore him, otherwise I just wouldn't have been able to win the game at all. So it was fun and a challenge, and it was like, well, I need to break Sauron, get the wounds off of him, and then try and kill the other stuff. And, and to be fair, you kind of did it backwards. You, you killed most of the Orcs before you got Sauron, but I think that's always going to be the way with Sauron. It's always a lot more tough to, to take him down than anyone really thinks. But you did break Sauron, you killed him, and it was a 7-3 victory to, to you in the end after surrounding Sauron, calling time of the Orc and smashing him to bits uh, after winning that combat. But it, it was a very close one. If a coin flip went the other way, it might have been, might have been Sauron smashing everyone and breaking you and causing the end of the game that way. Yeah, it was all on that last turn, so basically time was called um, and I needed, didn't have enough wounds off of Sauron yet I'd only got a couple off him from the Ringwraith and Kardash um, 
and I just knew that if I didn't get the wounds off him this turn, that was it, it was game over. So I just swamped him and just hoped he didn't roll his six. And yeah, he didn't roll his six. And Gothmog called the time of the York, so I got re-roll to wounds, so I killed enough models. But then it was really tense because I was one model off being broken. And if Harry had broken me, he would have won the game. It was very, very tight at the end. And a couple of mistakes I made. Uh, one, I thought that I could barge after being knocked over by a, a, a catapult shot, which I, I kind of planned out. Oh, yes, I'll knock myself over, but it's fine because I can barge out of it and then carry on fighting. That went wrong. But on the other hand, the catapult did skewer the uh, Dragon Knight before it managed to charge into the catapult and uh, ruin my day over there. What did you think of the, the success of the catapult and the failures of the catapult? Um, the catapult was certainly interesting. I mean, it, it kept your uh, catapult hero out of the way, mm. which in this scenario was really good because it meant that you had a hero there sort of that I couldn't get to. With a troll bodyguard as well. With a troll bodyguard. So, And you obviously had Shelob as your other one. So you really left me the only hero to attack was Sauron, which was... Uh, but losing the Dragon Knight was quite a big loss. Like That was just two might points down the drain. So I think it did all right. Yeah, and it put you on the back foot as well because you knew that you'd lost a hero straight away so you needed to kill something or, or get some heroes because otherwise you were struggling on the old uh, scenario front. But, but yeah, I, I, any, anything pointers that you think I could have done to, to, to win the game other than not shooting into the combat that uh, knocked Sauron over? I might have been tempted to just burn a lot of might and will to get rid of Kardash. Like, I know you tried a couple of heroic moves, which you didn't win, and that would have uh, maybe got, like, Kardash's last wound after the first one was by an Orc Tracker. Mm. Um, yes, the, go, go, the, go the Orc Tracker one shot in the whole tournament, and he's actually done some damage, and against Kardash. Oh, yeah, that certainly uh, put the pressure on Kardash, um, but that fury just makes all the difference, so... Yeah, I, I kind of... I was thinking about Kardash as being an offense, offensive um, person, but actually... Now you pointed out the, the Fury was one of the key things, and if I'd have killed, sniped Cardiff uh, early on, then you'd have really struggled to get into Sauron, and that might have made all the difference. So yeah, I probably should have reprioritized my shooting, or my magic anyway. Yeah, although unfortunately in this scenario, um, magic is resisted to 12 inches, so Sauron's lovely 18-inch range is not quite so good. Which yeah. is uh, a bit annoying. Yeah, which means if I'm um, I'm in range of a, um, a, a ringwraith black dart, then it means yeah, it's no good for me. Anyway, uh, really good game, Jasmine, uh, as ever. First time competitively playing, but uh, you you won it out there, so well done, well played. Well played. I mean, that was a fantastic game. It so. was. It was tense. Very nerve wracking. <laughs> Now, on to the final game of the tournament with my Sauron-based army, and I look over the table and see Steve Keen and an army, I must admit, I really didn't want to play. First of all, tell me um, what your army list is. Um, it's quite light on numbers, let's put it that way. I really go for the quality over quantity, to be honest. So we have, about the day one one, was Balrog and a Black Shield Shaman. Today, hers added Sauron. So... You kind of went the opposite to what I did. T day one, I had Sauron, of course, on his own. Uh, you went with the Balrog and the Black Shield Shaman. First of all, I'm intrigued at how the Balrog and the Shaman performed, performed on day one. So, opened well. Managed to defeat Durin's folk with Durin. So, repeating history a bit there. Um, Reconnoiter was, I'd call it more of a game of dodgeball, but with more spiders and a whip. And... That was lost, but it was good fun, and the Barog did what he needed to, just got some points back. Other games, it was, what was it? Draw against Rohan at Capture and Control, which I was fairly happy with. Barog did what he needed to there, and 
What was the other one? That was a loss to Azog and a load of Gundabats, where he did prove he was master. And when you saw that you were facing another Sauron, but with Shelob and a catapult and a few orcs, what did you think? Uh, in the, especially in our matchup, domination. So I have the potential to capture some of those objectives. What did you think? To be honest, the Sauron I felt a bit comfortable with. I also had a Sauron and a Balrog, so I thought that could trump that. It was the catapult that was the real scary bit. Mm. Basically, any of my models are two shots away from death, was how I was kind of looking at it. And Shelob, a bit of a wild card as well. To be honest, I didn't realise she had that paralysed bit, which was a one in three chance of ruining the Balrog, potentially, for the rest of the game, could have been. Yeah, a very early combat we had. Um, it was Sauron, uh, my Sauron, and uh, my Shelob against your Balrog on, on its own. Uh, af- with I think I had an orc or a Numenorian yeah. or something like that. Um, and I rolled for the paralyzer, and you need, I needed five to wound. Had, had that happened, Balrog would have been on his bum for a while, potentially. It would have it had no might on the Balrog either, so that would have been a very, very tricky situation for you to be in. That would have been bad, yes. And I was just kind of, I'm lucky it didn't come off, is all I can say. Um, uh, yeah. But something else did happen, that which uh, you, you, I think you're saying that the, the Black Shield hasn't done a great deal for most of the... Um, games you've played but this time you had a, had quite a good role uh, for your um, shatter which I really wanted to resist because I didn't want to lose my mace on Sauron. I mean on the plus side you did resist it but um, so yeah so one dice shatter with the shaman on Sauron rolled a six thought ah, that's fine but you'll resist that easily enough and and I threw I think three dice into it including my resistance to magic yeah. and I, I had to spend two will uh, two might to get it back so I spent uh, I, maybe I should have thrown more will in but I didn't want to risk losing magic for later it's a, it was a, a dicey one but it was a, it was a great roll and I think with it, had I not had to spend those two might it might have might have been a bit closer but in the end it was a resounding uh, victory to the Balrog and Sauron you've got two of the objectives and I think you got uh, six points in total um, seven yeah sorry, six seven maybe um, because uh, m- most of my orcs scarpered I had all the objectives but because Sauron was eventually taken down by another Sauron and uh, the Balrog turns out orcs don't like to take courage checks and there's a lot of uh, ancient evil around basically basically yeah and even though there was still a Sauron on the board just not the one they had backed it turns out Black Numenorian stayed around until the end though yes he was was the last one to go down to a chill soul in the last turn yeah well Sauron needs to put him in his place really I think you know well you absolutely did and thank you very much for the game I really appreciate it really good game cheers mate thank you thank you very much Simon So as with the previous uh, few Entmoot podcasts, I've, I've managed to pin down the, the winner of the tournament and Jasmine Tetley. We played earlier, you've managed to beat me as well, so it's only right, therefore, that you end with the, uh, with the win of the tournament. But from what I gather, your final game was quite a close match. How did it go and what, was, what were you playing up against? Um, I was playing up against uh, quite a large Lake Town army, um, at Domination, um, Bomber and Bard and Alfred and lots of Mike going around and lots of bows. Uh, so it's really hard army to face. Um, and you'd already faced this army as well. I had already faced this army and lost because uh, it just chopped me to death basically. Um, but this time it went right down to the wire. Uh, any courage test, combat, not killed 
could have changed it and it went to the very last combat with one Merkwood Ranger against one Moran and Orcs. So that's so, what you want, really. Yeah, as, as, an, as a nail-biter of an end, I, I kept glancing over and seeing, seeing you kind of, you know, lots of scratching of heads and lots of kind of really careful measurements. Was it, was it a tense game in the sense that, you know, it was quite com- ultra-competitive or was it just because everything was so close that it was quite tough to play? Oh, it was a fun game, but that was the thing. It was just we were so evenly matched almost mm. that you just don't know which way it's going to go and you're trying to find something and then the dice doesn't go your way like Goroff double won the courage test at the end but Ooh. if that had been the dragon knight then I'd have lost the game so I was happy it was that way around yeah. um, so yeah uh, just remind us of your list it's the dragon knight the uh, Gothmar G- Goroff uh, Kardash and how many Moranans was it? Uh, in total, else? I've got 49. 49, okay. Um, so, yeah. And how, how do you face up against Bard? I mean, I know you, Bard's got, like, unlimited might in that list, basically, or a lot, certainly a lot. But then I suppose you've got Gothmark who can counter that with Master of Battle. Is it, is it a tricky, tricky guy to face Bard? Oh, absolutely. He's very scary. Like, first thing, get him off his horse. Number one priority. Um, but then, after that, keep Gothmog close and just, I don't know, just hope he doesn't do too much, really. Yeah, and I guess in this scenario as well, um, the numbers, I guess, were playing to your advantage in the previous time uh, you were playing Storm the Camp. So coming up to a late town army with loads of bows was always going to be a bit of a struggle for you to win that one. But this, this time the scenario seems to have been a bit more evenly matched towards your, uh, well, not against you, but at least more balanced. Well, this time I started closer, so there was really minimal shooting and then... Once we were sort of evenly matched on numbers, I could call Time of the Orc, get loads of uh, late town dead in one turn, which mm. definitely helps. So, and and having now played uh, three games of the eight hundred points, I know you're heading off to the ETC um, this this week with, uh, in Poland. Um, are you confident with your your eight hundred points? Have you won all three of your eight hundred point games with this? Yeah. So the eight hundred point that list that I played today is the exact same one that I'm taking to Poland, and I've got previous good results in it from tournaments as well so like I'm comfortable with using it really mm. so and I think that makes a lot of difference like uh, especially newer players like learn your army and know exactly what your army can do and uh, that definitely can make a huge impact on your overall game results. I was going to say something like that for, for people who, who are um, new to the game um, Get, you, you sort of start by buying a few models and then you sort of tweak things and you add stuff and then you try your new army and things like that but you, you've usually and in, uh, including in the Hobbit edition um, you sort of focus eventually onto one pretty much one thing that you're you know used to really love the goblins now you seem to be focusing towards Moranans is that is that going to be the same for you now or are you you're still wanting to dilly dally with other stuff uh, different points require different tournaments like some lists don't work well at certain points and stuff um but yeah, like I've just found well that I've done well with these, like Kardash and the Ring Wraith, just allow me to do quite a bit of what I want to do. Mm. And it, I guess it suits your playing style because a lot of people forget that when you build an army list, you kind of sometimes you might get. Well, for example, for me, I love getting stuck into combat, so having elves with a load with a load of bows, it really doesn't favour my playing style because I naturally want to throw ev- all the rest of the elves into combat and leave the guys in shooting, which doesn't really work because you kind of want to stand back and get as much benefit out of that so I guess this this army must really suit your playing style then uh yeah I guess I just found that um like lots of little gains maybe slightly out the number of the opponent just um works quite well for me but at the same time like I enjoy playing King Alisar and 
uh, throwing him in there and stuff. So yeah, I, I, from having played you, I, I think the, the the way your your list really works is you've got lots of little tricks that you can do to to get those crucial VPs. Like I said earlier, the assassinating type things. I think that's that that seems what, what works for you best. Is that right? Yeah, no, it's definitely the little things. Like I don't really have any one big thing in there, but it's like Cardish can do this, the Ring Wraith can do this, the Dragon Knight can do this, and, mm. and so on, really. So it's just like trying to look for those little gains, and if they don't come off, then it's frustrating, and you've just got to try again, really. And, well, you, it certainly worked out well. You've won the tournament by one uh, victory point, so uh, well done, Jasmine. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It was a great tournament, and I only won five out of my seven games, so just shows how close it was and I only beat Sauron by one model on breaking so that is true yeah there, there's, it, it could have gone but it just goes to show that this this tournament there's been a lot of quite evenly matched people we've all been milling around at the top and then down and then up and then down it's been all it's been all over the place which has been great and, and you, the fact that you played somebody twice and a couple of other people played two people twice shows that there's some really close people right at the top there oh absolutely like the standard's really good but Again, like sportsmanship as well is really good too. So, absolutely right. Congratulations, Shazin. Thank you. Cheers. So there you have it. A first friend boot, only three episodes in, and I've managed to play the person who then eventually ends up winning the tournament. So well done again to Jasmine Tetley, uh, a victor of Shadow in the East Midlands. Uh, also, a big shout out to Aaron Pullen, who I also played um, with his uh, lovely spider list. And um, if you can find pictures of this online, you really should check it out because they're absolutely gorgeous. Um, but he took away the Best Painting Award. And also to Tom Picard, who went away with the Best Sportsmanship Award. I think I should um, make sure in the future episodes that I note down these uh, these names and give them shout outs because it's well worth uh, celebrating the other parts of the hobby as well as the tournament side of the hobby. Uh, but that's pretty much it for the Entmoot podcast uh, this time. Um, a quick reminder of the Riddle in the Dark this week, which sounds a little bit like this. If you think you know who talks next in that clip and what they say, get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail.com or you can get in touch on the Facebook page. And while you're there, give us a good old like on the old Facebook page and uh, you'll be able to see all my pictures and teasers for upcoming tournaments and things like that. Uh, And talking about upcoming tournaments, the next podcast uh, will be at Seven Stones, uh, which is a doubles tournament, so another first... Uh, this episode we had the first escalation uh, tournament of the uh, of the podcast. Next time it'll be the first doubles tournament of the podcast. I'll be teaming up with uh, Michael Haskell, a good friend of mine who I've uh, doubled up with a few times now uh, in the last couple of years. And we're going to be taking a fantastic army, very thematic army, to Seven Stones, which is all about the theme and uh, Damien O'Byrne and Tom Harrison who are the organisers of that also you may n- recognise from the Palantir uh, GBHL YouTube channel uh, series uh, and also the makers of the SBG fanzine magazine so uh, excellent two guys um, really good fun uh, to be around and they've got a great tournament in Seven Stones I'm really really excited about that I've got lots planned as well um, costumes and uh, display boards and all that if there's time hopefully I get it all finished uh, in time for that tournament uh, in a few weeks' time, which I think is uh, the bank holiday weekend in May. So hopefully we've got a uh, we've got a few weeks' wait for the next tournament and the next podcast, but it should be worth the wait. Uh, I have lots of people to talk to with it being a doubles tournament. 
And then after that, who knows what will be next. But uh, in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Uh, do subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you fancy. Um, and until next time, thank you very much for listening. And may your dice ever roll sixes. Thank you.